Letters 63 to 65 of The Power of Sympathy or The Triumph of Nature Founded in Truth by William Hill Brown. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Letter 63. Worthy to Mrs. Holmes. Boston. I arrived in town last evening. You desire me to write you a statement of affairs as I should find them here, and of my marriage with the amiable Myra. I promise to obey. But how little do we know of the termination or consequences of the most probable event? I saw my beloved. Her eyes were yet heavy and smarting with weeping for the death of Harriet, and this, once the house of joy and cheerfulness, is turned into the house of mourning. My unfortunate friend had just then fallen into a calm sleep, and it was impossible to see him. It was what I very much desired. But it was the wish of the family that I should desist for the present. He had not slept the evening before. He had been heard walking across his chamber all the night, with little intermission, oftentimes talking to himself in a passionate tone of voice. This melancholy account deeply affected me, and I parted from my beloved, praying heaven to give her consolation, and to be the support of my disordered friend. It is, with difficulty, I bring myself to the serious and the painful employment of being the informer of unwelcome tidings. My heart feels the wound. Vainly it tells me my friend is no more. My hand reluctantly traces, my friend, my Harrington, is no more. Early this morning I was surprised with a visit from a gentleman whom I had formerly seen at Myra's. It was the same neighbor who informed Harrington of his affinity to Harriet. He found a difficulty in his utterance. He told me, with trembling lips, my young friend Harrington was dead. He has killed himself, said I. He asked me if I had heard the news. I told him my heart presaged it. When an uncommon event happens to us, we often have a presentiment of it. The circumstances of his death are these. At midnight, the gentleman heard the report of the pistol, and went into the house. He found the unhappy youth weltering in his blood. Few signs of life remained. The ball had entered his brain. The surgeon came, but in a few hours he was cold. A few friends were requested to attend, and this gentleman had called upon me by desire of Myra. It is impossible to describe the distress of the family and connections. I shall leave it to your imagination. A letter that he had written for me, laid unsealed upon the table, and the sorrows of Werther was found lying by his side. I send you the letter. It appears to have been written at intervals, and expresses the disorder and agitation of his mind. Adieu. Letter 64 Harrington to Worthy Harriet is dead, and the world to me is a dreary desert. I prepare to leave it. The fatal pistol is charged. It lies on the table by me, ready to perform its duty. But that duty is delayed till I take my last farewell of the best of friends. Your letter is written with the impetuosity of an honest heart. It expresses great sincerity and tenderness. I thank you for all your good advice. It comes too late. O oh, worthy, she is dead. She is gone, never to return. 
never again to cheer my heart with her smiles and her amiable manners her image is always before me and can i forget her no she is continually haunting my mind impressing the imagination with ideas of excellence but she is dead all that delighted me is become torpid is descended into the cold grave with thee certain my resolution is to die how can i live without thee how forego thy converse sweet and love so dearly joined to live again in these wild woods forlorn loss of thee will never from my heart no no i feel the link of nature draw me from thy state mine never shall be parted bliss or woe thou hast set out on a long journey but you shall not go alone i hasten to overtake thee my resolution is not to be diverted is not to be shaken i will not be afraid i am inexorable i have just seen my father he is dejected sullen grief is fixed upon his brow he tells me i am very ill i looked at myra she wiped her face with her handkerchief perhaps they did not imagine this was the last time they were to behold me she mentioned the name of worthy but my thoughts were differently engaged she repeated your name but i took no heed of it take her my worthy myra is a good girl take her comfort her let not my departure interrupt your happiness perhaps it may for a short time when the grass is grown over my grave lead her to it in your pensive walks point to the spot where my ashes are deposited drop one tear on the remembrance of a friend of a brother but i cannot allow you to be grieved grieve for me wretch that i am why do i delay i wish i could be buried by the side of her then should the passenger who knows the history of our unfortunate loves say here lies harrington and his harriet in their lives they loved but were unhappy in death they sleep undivided guardian spirits will protect the tomb which conceals her body the body where every virtue delighted it to inhabit do not judge too harshly of my conduct let me pray to you to be candid i have taken advantage of a quiet moment and written an epitaph if my body were laid by hers the inscription would be pertinent let no one concerned be offended at the moral i have chosen to draw from her unfortunate story my heart sinks within me the instrument of my death is before me farewell farewell my soul sighs to be freed from its confinement eternal father accept my spirit let the tears of sorrow blot out my guilt from the book of thy wrath letter sixty five worthy to mrs holmes boston we have surmounted the performance of the last scene of our tragedy with less difficulty and distress than i imagined great numbers crowded to see the body of poor harrington they were impressed with various emotions for their sympathizing sorrow could not be concealed indeed a man without sensibility exhibits no sign of a soul i was struck with admiration at the observations of the populace and the justness of the character they drew of the deceased 
Alas, said one, poor youth thou art gone. Thou wast of a promising genius, of violent passions. Thou wast possessed of a too nice sensibility, and a dread of shame. It is only such a one who would take the trouble to kill himself. Ah, poor, well-natured, warm-hearted, hot-headed youth, how my heart bleeds for you. We consider thee as the dupe of nature and the sacrifice of seduction. The old father hears this, and becomes overwhelmed with shame and sorrow. The jury which sat upon the body of our friend, after mature consideration, brought in their verdict, suicide. The rigor of the law was not executed. The body was privately taken away, and I saw it deposited by the side of his faithful Harriet. I send you enclosed a copy of the monumental inscription, as written by Harrington. I found it with many loose papers. It contains the story of our unfortunate friends, and a profitable moral is deduced from it. Though a few weeks begin to spread calm over our passions, yet the recollection of our misfortunes will sometimes cause a momentary agitation, as the ocean retains its swell after the storms subsides. Adieu. Monumental Inscription Thou who shalt wander o'er these humble plains, where one kind grave their hapless dust contains. Oh, pass not on, if merit claim a tear, or dying virtue cause a sigh sincere. Here rest their heads, consigned to parent earth, who to one common father owed their birth. Unknown this union, nature still presides, and sympathy unites, whom fate divides. They see, they love, but heaven their passion tries, their love sustains it, but their mortal dies. Stranger, contemplate well before you part, and take this serious counsel to thy heart. Does some fair female of unspotted fame salute thee, smiling with a father's name? Bid her detest the fell seducer's wiles, who smiles to win, and murders as he smiles. If ever wandering near this dark recess, where guardian spirits round the ether press, where, on their urn, celestial care descends, two lovers come, whom fair success attends. O'er the pale marble shall they join their heads, and drink the falling tears each other sheds. Then sadly say, with mutual pity moved, Oh, may we never love as these have loved. The End End of Letters 63-65 to 65. End of The Power of Sympathy or The Triumph of Nature Founded in Truth by William Hill Brown